You're listening to the Southampton Delivery Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all of the SFC fans. If you want to have guarantees, you have to buy a washing machine. Either we win or we learn, and today we learn. It's in field to Mane, 25 yards out. Lovely ball for Pella. Onside, 1 0. Blue Bass shot. Oh my word. It's unbelievable. He ran around a bit like Bambi on ice. It was very, very embarrassing to watch. And now, and now, now. Your, host, your host, Matt Markstone. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Southampton Delivery Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all of the SFC fans. My name is Matt Markson. I'm the host of the show. No matter where you are, no matter how you may be listening, whether this is your first time or you've been here before, thank you for making the show part of your day. I hope you enjoy it. Saints have had a busy week this week with two home matches and some mixed results. We are out of the FA Cup after going out on penalties to Derby County after conceding a two-goal lead. Uh, So a bit frustrating for uh, a number of fans. Uh, It gives us the weekend off uh, coming up this following weekend, but um, that's maybe a consolation prize. But the team and the manager did regain focus very quickly, putting away uh, Marco Silva's Everton side. has been struggling of late, but a 2-1 win at home and a vital three points, moving us further up the table and uh, putting some distance once again between us and some of the teams towards the bottom. Uh, We're not out of danger by any means, but the team definitely looks to be moving in the right direction, at least in the Premier League. And now there are no distractions, but we also have some some issues that that raises. We have had some youngsters who have started to come into the team, and now we're going to have to see when and where people will get minutes or what will happen. Maybe somebody goes out on loan now in the transfer window. Uh, We don't actually know. But joining me in hopes of figuring all of that out are the hosts of the In That Number podcast. You can find them on Twitter at number podcast and the hosts Ray and Kevin are on Twitter at Ray hunt 84 and at Moscow mush in the links to their podcast and their Twitter handle, uh, as well as the iTunes and all that stuff. And the Facebook page is all in the show notes. Um, if you haven't listened to them in the past, uh, you should give them a try. They are the newest of the saints podcast, but they've been around now for almost 30 weeks and they're doing a great job. And it's, it's two guys who are longtime saints fans. Uh, they're doing the podcast together and it was a pleasure to have them on the show this weekend, and we'll talk about the two matches. We'll talk about uh, some of the team selection dilemma that maybe uh, manager Ralph Hassenhudel is facing going forward. And we'll do all of that over the next hour and 20 minutes or so. So it is a bit longer, but we don't have a match coming up at the weekend. So we figured uh, we'll take our time. We'll go through it uh, because you know what? What else are we going to do next weekend uh, unless you go out and maybe watch some non league or maybe you watch the Southampton Women's Football Club play next weekend? Uh, and one of their players will be joining me next weekend on next week's show, actually, to uh, to talk about that. And uh, really looking forward to it. And a busy time for me. Uh, we'll also have a special Patreon-only podcast coming up to preview the Crystal Palace match. Um, and so I'm looking forward to that. So plenty of podcasting going on, even if the games are slowing down just for a little bit. But um, since this is such a lengthy show, we don't want to take a bunch of time here. So we'll jump into it now. Once again, you will hear Ray and Kevin, the host of the In That Number podcast. Be sure to follow them on Twitter at Number Podcast, at RayHunt84, and at Moscow Mush. And if you're interested in getting that extra podcast episode, be sure to head over to patreon.com slash SFC Delivery. 
sign up to become a patron uh, of the show. And uh, to all those out there who have done that, thank you so much. Uh, we got your questions in this week because I did not forget, thankfully. So uh, without further ado, let's get to the show. Thanks for listening as always. We'll talk to you soon. We'd like to welcome to the Southampton Delivery Podcast, the hosts of the In That Number podcast. We have Ray Hunt and Kevin, who is at Moscow Mush, uh, joining us today. They are at Numbers Podcast on Twitter, and they are the preferred Saints podcast of Danny Ings, uh, according to last week's episode. So, uh, guys, welcome to the show, and thanks for joining me. Thank you very much for having us on. It's an absolute pleasure. Yes, amazing. Thank you. It's a pleasure for us to be here. No, this is, this is great. I mean, I think now this means that all of the Saints podcasts have, have been on this show, which is part of what I like. I like listening to podcasts, uh, as I was telling you before. And so it's nice to get to talk to you guys. I think you are the, the newest, but you, you've kind of come in and, and stuck with it. And you, I think you guys have brought something new to the, to the table. So I, I'm, it's always a pleasure to listen to the show. And, I, and I, it's something, one that I look forward to now. So, uh, yeah, but let's, let's start in case, just in case people don't know kind of who you are. Um, Ray, I think you are the closest uh, podcaster uh, to actually the, the the club in terms of geography. I think you know Ben lives up in Scotland, and now John has moved, um, I think, out to the Plymouth or some something else. So, uh, and I'm I'm out here in California, but but you're right close to the club and going to matches and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, I mean, how how did you come to be a, a fan of the club? Well, um, as you say, yeah, the geography. I'm like ten minute drive away now. Um, I was always born. I was born and raised in Southampton. I grew up in a Saints household. Uh, my stepdad was, well, and still is, a huge fan. So I've always been around that environment, and it was instilled from a really, really early age. And when, when I left school, I um, actually went to work at the newly opened St. Mary's Stadium and actually met my wife there. So, you know, you could say that if it wasn't for Southampton Football Club, I wouldn't have met my wife and wouldn't have had my kids. So, yeah. That's, that's a lot. It's a, a deeper meaning there. There's a deeper love. There. Yeah. That's good. That's good. <laughs> um, and... And Kevin, you're living, are you, are you actually in Moscow or are you around Moscow or where do you live in, in, in the area? Yeah, we, I live in the west of uh, Moscow with my wife. Um, I've been living here for oof, nearly about eight years now. Um, I had been coming here on and off before, but um, yeah, I'm from Southampton. I grew up there. I grew up on the same street as Ray and we've known each other yeah, since I can remember. And uh, yeah, obviously I grew up uh, cheering on the Saints. Now, for you, were can I ask? I, I mean, I had this kind of uh, going through school and stuff. I was a history major, and I wrote my, um, you know, my senior whatever on on the Great Northern War. I, I have a, a love for Russia a little bit. Um, it's it's since faded because I teach the classes I teach don't I don't get to talk about any of that stuff. But uh, what what prompted you to move to Russia? Well, yeah, I mean, I didn't know that, but yeah, it looks like we've got a shared love love for Russian history. Uh, when we were at school, we had to do a bit of research into Russian history uh, to write an essay about uh, uh, George Orwell's Animal Farm. And I just got really, I was really fascinated because uh, Russia is just sort of a, a black hole in our global knowledge. So, um, yeah, it really took me away. And I've got, I've got a passion for languages and uh, I started trying to teach myself Russian, but I didn't get far with that. So that's how I ended up uh, coming out to Moscow first in 2004. And yeah, I loved it so much. And I went to university, studied Russian at university. And um, yeah, I was looking for a job about nearly 10 years ago. And I thought, you know, I mean, I could be looking for temping work around the area or I could go to Moscow where I, 
I know I'm in in need. So uh, yeah, I came over here and I haven't regretted it since. That's awesome. I mean, like you said, our our kind of knowledge of Russia, especially I think in Western culture, is 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 stunted, and it's definitely. Um, we look at it through a certain lens and a lot of times when I was learning about it, it was always through the lens of the cold war and communism yeah. and all of that stuff, which I, I really enjoyed kind of learning about and, and all that stuff. But um, yeah, now it's uh, I think it's starting to change a little bit, but uh, that might be because our president apparently, you know, is, uh, is doing other things. So, we, <laughs> but this is not a political a podcast. Bad yeah. So <laughs> yeah. no, definitely. I mean, yeah, it is. I mean, India and Australia, all of those places are much closer to us. And, um, yeah, I mean, I suppose in the States, Russia, I mean, especially in the eighties and, um, early nineties, it's a bit more vilified than it was in Britain, but yeah, it definitely made it a fascinating, fascinating place that we really know nothing about. And yeah, it's never a dull day. Uh, just to kind of get it to towards the football. I mean, we, we, we hear about, you know, a lot of the stuff about the Russian hooligans and, and there was this, this kind of great long read in the guardian and in a couple of other places, that were, uh, you know, approaching the world cup simply because I think a lot of it, because what happened in Marseille uh, during the euros. But I mean, do you, do you, do you witness that? Is, is there a big difference between football culture in Russia versus in uh, in britain maybe wow i mean that's a question that i could speak about for an entire hour but um yeah i mean the the whole uh, scaremongering around russian hooliganism hooliganism i mean that's that's i think that that was justified to a certain extent uh, my wife and i were there at the england russia game in marseille and um i was in my england shirt she was in a russia russia shirt we had england and russia flags and uh, we saw just um, just after they scored the equ- that equalizer, they just like rushed across us, uh, just totally ignored me and just went for the English sector. So, yeah, that, I mean, that did happen. But, um, yeah, everyone was quite worried that uh, we we're going to see similar disturbing scenes in, in the World Cup this year. But, um, yeah, the Russian authorities really cracked down. And I've heard firsthand from Russian football fans who are a little bit, uh, closer to what they call awkward footballers, so like yeah, around the football, uh, so where they just meet up and have big gang fights. And they said that yeah, anyone who's just had any fleeting involvement with that in the last five years, they've just been told stay at home or you're going to be thrown in jail. Yeah, it's <laughs> crazy. <laughs> so so me watching at you know four o'clock in the morning from my house is so far removed from that or anything like that that it's uh it, it's insane and even. Even going last year to West Ham, uh, they had it was so it was, you know, obviously it was the first week after an international break. It was Marquise's first match, but the, the last home match they had had was when they invaded the pitch and had all that stuff. So there was a, a big police presence. And I remember just, you know, Freddie from the ugly inside walking like it's no big deal. I'm jet lagged, <laughs> exhausted. It's, it's the equivalent of four in the morning and I'm freaking out a little bit inside. And so uh, I don't know. It's just a whole different thing. So um, and yeah. you've watched Green Street, right? Bits and pieces, yeah, yeah, I've seen. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, the, no, the Russian hooligans—they sort of emulate themselves on the firms of the 1980s, and whilst we kind of stopped that so that we could play European football again, uh, they seem to have taken it <laughs> yeah. like as a te- textbook to uh, of how fans should act. And I mean, I can see, yeah, the, the, that kind of ultras thing where they're really behind the team with the fireworks and the chanting and the, the flags and the banners, like that's all great. But yeah, when it turns to violence, that's, that's, that's not on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Ray, you've been in any yes. large football gang fights lately? Uh, <laughs> no, no, never actually. <laughs> that's probably better. All right. So for people who haven't listened to your show, maybe, um, and 
and I'll be honest that a lot of the people we probably share a lot of, a lot of listeners I would assume um like what what format I mean you guys are a little bit different I think in terms of how you do it you have obviously I have two of you guys that are on the show every week but what uh, kind of explain the format a little bit and some of, maybe some of the things that you do that that maybe listeners of this show uh won't be used to and I'm thinking specifically like chants and things like that yeah well um it's pretty it's pretty simple I just wanted a, you know, like a real simple start just do a little bit of news from what we had from, from the previous week um and then start with the game the game that the uh, that we've just watched um talk about that between us we give our thoughts on man of the match usually that's um pretty different as well um and then we just um preview the next opponents have a bit of fun we do our um predictions we go head to head on that we have a fantasy football league which you know you're quite welcome to join by the way okay um and then and then kev kind of like put in it towards the end he threw in this little chant challenge that he liked to do that he wanted something different um and every i think towards the start of the season especially we had every week we put a new player on and he wanted a chant for them and you know i don't know if you've listened to him but kev come up with some belters yeah and blew me out of the water every week so yeah <laughs> i feel like he had the list and he was just like i can i can write this one and this one and then i'll ask him about this and i was like i i can't i can't do that i feel i mean yeah i i, no, I it's, it's it's definitely not my forte <laughs> yeah you've said that many times but um yeah no i just think that like we we should be doing something different and and having fun and uh, i think for, for for me um i thought being different could be being a shorter podcast than the other ones that are around and um yeah just just have having a bit of fun with the, the team chants and just um yeah just silly silly banter like that i love that sort of thing yeah i mean in in what I mean, what what was it, what was the decision making process when you guys decided to, uh, to 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 start the podcast? Well, I mean, I'd only recently started listening to podcasts. It's probably about two two three years ago, I want to say. And I'm a sports fanatic. I mean, I watch. I'm usually, you know, a lot of North American sports. I'm well into. Um, and I got involved with a, a New York Rangers podcast um, as a listener. Okay. Got you know, got talking to the, the the creators, the hosts of that, and yeah, it just inspired me to do my own. And I thought, well. You know, the one passion that I have is, is football and, and Saints in particular. So I thought, I'm going to give it a go. I, I just threw myself head in and um, I spoke to Kev and thought, you know, wondered if he'd be inter- interested in it. And he was straight away. So, yeah. I'm a podcast fiend so I get because I commute a lot um, around the city um, doing my work. So I listen to about 20, 25 hours of podcasts a week. So, yeah, when you asked me if you wanted to be involved, uh, it was a no brainer. Yeah, it was straight away. I mean, you, you you were all over it, and you, I think you keep me, you know, keen. And I think you're not, you know, you're, you're driven for it. And I think we both work well together. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Ray's just a, an all-round sports expert. I mean, any sport you name it, he'll be able to tell you something about it. Oh no, so, no, no, yeah. no! Don't put me on the spot now. <laughs> no, I won't do that. I promise. Um, and I'm glad you said New York Rangers, not Texas Rangers. Otherwise, I probably would have hung up because I'm a Houston Astros Ooh, fan. So. Yes, yes. Um, <laughs> but um, I mean. For me, doing the podcast was a way from, I mean, I think I've talked about it enough, but being out here from California, there are five or six fans down in LA. There are five or six fans up in the Bay Area. Both of those are four hours away, three or four hours away. There's a guy, Dave Lee, who's one of the patrons, or patrons who's over in, um, in, in Bakersfield. And there's another guy who's going to school at Cal Poly, but that's it. You know, so if I wanted to be connected to the fan base, really, and the team, this was kind of the only way I could, I could do it. And it's been, it's been great for me. It's given me a, a big escape from a lot of things. And it's, I spend, I probably spend five, six, seven, eight hours on it every week. 
and it's uh it's something I really enjoy. So it's nice to hear kind of the the decision for you guys to to make it. And I mean, you two being friends for so long and knowing each other for so long, I think that that's great too because it you know one of you living in Southampton, one of you living in Moscow, you probably otherwise don't uh, get to communicate as regularly. No, that was it. I think that's one of the difficulties um, that we had. Like we 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 went for months without talking with with each other. You know, it, it is difficult. But then when I decided to do it, I thought, yeah, Kev straight away. And it would be a way that we can contact. And we do. I mean, we're, we're in contact all the time, aren't we now, Kev, because of this. I mean, there, there comes uh, days where we're, we're just like texting each other all the time and saying, have you heard this? Have you heard that? Did you see this? Um, so, yeah, I do think it's, it's great for, for our relationship as well. And we, we, we can actually just talk about saints now. Yeah, it's changed my uh, relationship uh, both with Ray and um, and with Saints as well. I mean, it's just uh, yeah, brought my fandom to another level. I think in a way that maybe I'm a little bit disconnected from uh, the fan base here in Moscow. Although there is a um, a sizable uh, Moscow uh, Saints supporters association uh, here, and we do meet up uh, to watch matches uh, now and again throughout the season. But yeah. Yeah, it's definitely changed changed for me as a Saints fan. That's awesome. That's awesome. And I mean, since you guys have been doing the show, has there been anything that's that's really surprised you about it? Is it was it uh, maybe was it more difficult to do, or was there you know something that's come up that you weren't expecting? Maybe I think from my point of view, the I mean, the editing side of it, I've never edited or produced a, a show or anything. I've never done anything like that. So jumping straight into the editing was a bit of a shock. Because I mean, I'm still I'm still learning. I mean, we've only had what twenty episodes now, Kev. Yes, and we are twenty first. Twenty first today, yeah. And every week, I'm finding out new things, and I'm finding out new ways to mess it up as well. Because I don't think we've had a crystal clear episode that's come out yet. But I'm yeah, as I say, I'm learning, and we're both yeah. learning. Yeah, well, and it's kind of constantly evolving, both like in in the format and technically. I mean, we're, we're kind of making improvements each time. Uh, to try and make it sound better and um, yeah you've given us definitely um, a very good example to work towards yeah I mean it does take up a lot of time as well I mean and especially because of the hours that I work and you know the time difference between us you know and and it's also difficult to build up a following as well to get you know to get in those listeners it it is it really is and of course it doesn't help when saints are losing as well so if, if saints are going on a winning streak people are going to want to listen more so yeah, it's a, uh, it's one of those things. I mean, this is I've been doing it for two years now. It's um, my wife would say I'm I, I don't do things halfway. I kind of am either I can I can cut out things for completely, or I can I can do them 100, percent but I can't kind of just go in and out. And so when I told her I was going to do the podcast, I think she knew it was going to be every single week, um, and it, and it has been. And and I get uh, I, I've even said to her I think I'm going to take next week off or whatever, and then. Uh, I, she can see me getting antsy like on Friday and I was like, I got, <laughs> I got to record something. So, um, yeah, it's, it's just got, the way it goes. The bug. Yeah. But, um, it's amazing dedication. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. It, it's, um, I tell some people I don't have, I don't have any other hobbies. I play, I play football once a week. I, I go to work, I, I hang out I do stuff with the kids. I run them around everywhere, uh, between their, their sports and, and guitar lessons and dance and everything else. And, and so this is, uh, you know, I'm recording at six 35 in the morning here. It wow. usually, usually we, we, I record somewhere between four thirty and, and six and, and I edit and a lot of the time I, I spend on it is before anybody else is awake. So, uh, that's, it, it's also, I don't feel as guilty about it. So that, that's good. But, um, I was going to say, 
uh, one book that I read or one podcast actually uh, that, I, that I listened to was Podcast Master and it's by uh, Ben Green, who's the producer now of the Totally Football Show. Um, and that he his book is, it's a, both a book that I read on Kindle and then he's also got a podcast for it and it's like six or seven episodes. And it was like, uh, it was the best thing that I could have done in terms of, of getting into like making a podcast. So um, maybe on your, on your 20 hours if you're interested in that kind of thing, uh, which I like the technical side of it. So uh, that's there, but if not, uh, I just thought that I'd, I'd pass that along. No, that's, I'll definitely check that out. I, I, I yeah. need all the help I can get. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, well, yeah. Thanks, Kev. <laughs> <laughs> and for me, it's uh, I, I've listened. Kevin, you mentioned you listen to a lot of podcasts. I'm sure not all of them are, are sports related. I, I listen to a lot of other things that I think have influenced this show. Um, and I have a couple of friends that like I don't know if you've ever listened to This American Life or anything like that, but it's kind of a big thing here in the states and. Uh, be just people have gone like, you're not Ira Glass. Could you please, you know, put a little bit more, a uh, little bit more uh, enthusiasm maybe in your voice. And I'm like, ah, you know, uh, this, this is me. I, I'm just going to be me on here. So it's just the way it's going to go. But uh, anyway, um, yeah, don't change anything. Yeah. yeah no. <laughs> it, it, I, I found that if you just be you, it's way better than if you try to be something you're not, because it comes off as not genuine and, and nobody wants to hear that over, over the, over the long run, you'll be exposed if you do that, I think. So, yeah, um, but um, yeah, I mean, so so we've had two matches this week. One of them didn't really go the way we would have hoped, and uh, a bit of deja vu maybe. Um, but Ray, I think you were at uh, the Derby County match. Am I correct in saying that? I was going to go, but I actually bailed out. Ugh. Oh, <laughs> well. I mean, you got two hours of your life that you didn't have to worry about, and uh, maybe yeah. you could have watched it on, <laughs> yeah. on on the BBC. So. I did. I watched it on BBC, and I, I saved some money. So yeah, it's it's worth it. And. I'll be honest. I I always hate when even I know it's a cut match and I know it's it's on TV, so that probably like lessens the people's likelihood to go. But I always hate seeing just an end of the ground empty. You know, it it it, it always feels like uh, I don't know. It, the atmosphere always feels different with with that. And maybe maybe I, I can't say anything probably living here, but uh, and not being on there. But anyway, that's just something I noticed when I was watching it a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I actually said the same thing to my wife. I was I was watching the tennis. I think look at those empty seats. And then she looked at me and was like, well, you know, you could have been there. I was like, yeah, 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 mate, maybe. Yeah. So I, I shut up after that. <laughs> um, so, I mean, looking at the, at the lineup, either of you have kind of any, any thoughts on, on the initial team that we put out and were you surprised that we went uh, with the, the three center backs with Ramsey playing on the right side? And uh, I don't know, Kevin, do you have any thoughts on that? Um, I'd say that the squad as a whole, I mean, you think he's either going to go with youth or go with experience, depending on how seriously we're, we're taking the tie. And he kind of sat on the fence a bit, I thought. Mm-hmm. I thought we were just maybe one experienced player short of, get, of of a team that could get us through. And I'm not sure who I can point the finger at as to the weakest link. But yeah, I mean, Slattery wasn't um, in- incredible, in my opinion, the first yeah. time round. Um, and he went with yeah with Kane Ramsey and with uh, Magic Johnson as well. Magic and Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> and then Ray, Ray, do you have any? I mean, what, what were your thoughts initially on the on the team selection? Because I think Kevin's done a good job of kind of summing it up. Where it just seemed like there was one, we were one player short somewhere, but I'm not sure where either. Um, no, I don't think I, I was. I was um I was looking at the lineup, thinking yeah, Gun. I knew Gun was going to start. Uh-huh. And I'm happy with the formation. I've got no problem with that formation. And, you know, I, I, maybe I was a little bit surprised that Johnson had a, had a more prominent role as he did. Because, I mean, where he played him on the left wing back role as well. You I mean, we had Target on the bench that could have played there. 
But then, like Kev said, it was dep- it depends on how serious he wanted to take this competition. But with the team that he put out, he must have thought that this was going to win the game. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I uh, so we went back to school. My semester has started on Wednesday uh, with classes, and so I now my schedule. We had somebody retire, so now my schedule means I teach during this this period. So I didn't get to see any of it on, on the day, which is not normal. And my my schedule last semester was much different. So. I saw the lineup come out uh, because I was on my prep period then. And then I was looking at it going like, I don't know what, I don't know what we're going to play. Um, and, and I thought it was going to be a back four initially, but uh, we, we went with uh, kind of the wingback system with Cedric on one side and Johnson on the other. And, and then we switched at a halftime with uh, Johnson, I think getting an early yellow card and, and coming off and yeah. us moving to a back four. And, and the manager spoke kind of that we seem to be kind of one player short uh, across the across the board if we go with the back four we're not quite solid enough but if we go uh with the back three then we, we kind of lack something up front and maybe that's due to injury maybe it's due just to, to the quality of the players but um you know granted we scored two more we scored two goals when we went we went to a back four but we also conceded two uh and so i think that that shows that vulnerability there that we have but um yeah I, it's difficult to kind of look at, at anybody in the team and really blame it on them i know a lot of people were uh, on Elianusi's case a little bit, and and we mm-hmm. ha- maybe haven't seen as much from him this season, and and uh, I was really hoping he was going to be good, partially because uh, my family is from Norway a little bit, and I was I was hoping he was going to be, uh, you know, I, I want a reason to to cheer for him, I think, but um, yeah, it just wasn't quite wasn't quite there. But once I think once Redmond came on, uh, and we we switched the formation around, I think we looked a little bit more dangerous. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you can look at the formation and say we could play four at the back. It was either a four-two-three-one or a three-four-three. I think I had the, you could switch either way, and as as we did, and then looking at yeah, Elianusi, I don't know. He's got a lot of critics, and he did come with a, a you know a big reputation of, of goals and assists um, at, at Basel, albeit it was you know the the Swiss league. It's a lot different, but right. it, to me, he hasn't taken his chances. Whenever he has been given a run, this is a important game for him to start in an FA Cup replay like this being one of the um you know more uh elderly players in the team as well you would have thought he would have taken these chances but he's still not performing well I mean yeah El Yunusi I mean he has been a bit of a damp squib this season but I mean a cross that he put into long at the far post was sublime and Absolutely. I think yeah I he think has his moments forgive him for that but I mean overall the the result I think one of the things that we'll look back on and say and be really upset about, I guess, is the fact that we blew a two nil lead again uh, to a championship side. But we are, I mean, right now we're still towards, we're still bottom half of the table. Darby are, are pushing to, uh, you know, to, to at least be in the playoffs for, for promotion. And so I, a lot of people like to say that there's not that much between the championship, the upper side of the championship and the lower half of the premier league. It's kind of, they're kind of interchangeable. So, I mean, if, if Darby were to come up, would they, would they, you know, I think they'd beat teams like Huddersfield and, and they'd give other teams a run for their money. And, and so, I don't know. I, this wasn't a full-string side for us, I don't think. Um, and it is disappointing, I think, to crash out of the cup that way. But I, I think the more important thing for the team right now is, is what we're doing in the Premier League and kind of the, the overall changes that are being introduced at the club. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess my question would be, you know, is this is this a big blow for the for the team, or, or can we move forward? And and are, are will people forget about this if we 
if we go on to maybe climb up a few more places in the Premier League and really put in a good showing, is anybody going to remember the fact that we that we did this? No, I think at the time of the exit, I was I was gutted about it. I was just because because we blew another two goal lead and you know we went out on penalties. Fine, at the time I was gutted, but then you know looking at it now, especially as we um what we did on on Saturday as well. We've got two free weekends now. We've got 10 days off before the next game. Seeing that we've got, what we've got, Palace, uh, Burnley and Cardiff playing next as well. Massive games there. And yeah, I, I want nine points out of all of those. So I'm thinking now, 100% concentration. They can rest for everything into, into staying into the Premier League now. So yeah, no, I, I think in the long run, you know, no one's going to remember that we got knocked out by Derby. It is embarrassing, but we'll get over it. <laughs> Yesterday, I did put out a tweet because I was sitting watching the game and I was really, really enjoying watching the team play. And it was it was just before we conceded, but just watching the pressing, watching the team just go and everybody be super committed. And that, that goal from James Ward-Prowse and we're moving forward a little bit now, but just all of that. And, and I just I just tweeted, you know, if you're not enjoying watching the team right now, I don't know. I don't know what to say. It feels, you know, it, it feels a lot different just watching the team play. And we didn't quite have it on Wednesday, but we definitely had it yesterday. And, and all of the comments bar one were positive. And one guy says, you know, we blew a two nil lead with 15 minutes to play against a championship team. And that was the second time they'd done it in less than two weeks. And, and yes, that is very true. But the overwhelming sentiment is that, you know, th- th- there's something going on at the team that, that is, that is, is much improved from, from recent seasons, uh, whether it's under Hughes or Pellegrino or even Puel, I think. And, uh, I don't know. I think I think we can all kind of be excited about it. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think. I mean, if you look at the stats that um, Hassan Hill, so his win percentage at home now, I think it was it Hughes was ten percent, Pellegrino was twenty seven percent, and Hassan Hill was fifty percent. Now that's just home wins. So mm-hmm. it, it's, even the eye test, you look and you can see how much the desire that everybody's got. I mean, James Ward Prowse's goal yesterday, you can see his urgency to get onto the ball. He's like a new player. Romeo's playing the best of his career. Bednarik's playing the best at the moment. Um, everybody seems to be playing. And Hassan Hurtle, at the end of the games, you can see his passion. You can see him come onto the field and he's hugging every single player. I can't remember the last time we saw that at Saints. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a really exciting time to be a fan. I mean, yeah, we, okay, yeah, we, we uh, throw away uh, two goal leads against the championship side twice in, twice in succession. But then we beat not reasonably strong opposition uh, 2-1 back-to-back we get we get back-to-back wins we win at home every player looks like they're giving 100 percent, and it's difficult to fool um anybody uh, at the moment everyone's everyone's given their all and yeah the, the results are coming and yeah it's just just as a really really good time to be a saints fan now yeah and, and ing's looking good as well he looked good yesterday and hoiberg returning i think that was best massively important best of guards you know settling a bit and yeah, and we've still got Ryan Bertrand to come back as well. And I think that that wing-back role Lamina. will suit him. And Lamina, yeah. Their wing-back role will definitely suit um, Ryan Bertrand. Yeah, it's uh, it's been fun to watch. And it's been nice to see... I mean, I think you think about some of the players that were kind of excluded under Hughes, and you look at the impact they've had coming back into the team. You think specifically of Romeu, uh and Bednarak, I think, have been the two. Mm. For me, it's... It's been it's been amazing to watch them go, and then you look early in the season. Bednarak had more appearances for Poland uh, than he did for for Saints, and you wonder, you know, I tend to give the benefit of the doubt to the manager almost all the time and say maybe there's something he's just not seeing. And but I mean, you look at all the all the start, starts that Wesley Hood had, and then 
you know, w- what we've got now in, in the, in the back three and granted they're not perfect, but I think Benderak yesterday had another, uh, just fantastic game. Yeah. I mean, me and Kev have been fans of Benderak for a long time. Um, we were, I mean, we've mentioned it on our show, didn't we? I had what a great world cup that he had. And mm. we, we were scratching our heads as to, as to why, you know, what, what's Mark Hughes saying that he doesn't like in him and why is he, you know, persistently playing, playing who and not only that i mean he's ignored a lot of the youth that we've seen coming through uh valerie's cemented himself into the side then looks fairly comfortable now and so uh, yeah we're seeing um ramsey and and slattery and magic and johnson. johnson coming in magic johnson's coming in as well yeah well, i mean where were they under hughes um so yeah i mean it's, it's pretty well yeah hor- i mean hughes, horrid indictment of hughes isn't it? yeah hughes sent all these players out on loan as well whether that was hughes or not i don't know whether he had much to say about it but yeah a lot of our, um, not necessarily young youth players, but a lot of the players on the on the fringes, like Sims and Hesketh, you know, they, they they all went out on loan, which was really disappointing. Yeah, and I guess the one the one thing that that brings in now is a lot of them come, came back from loan or are coming back, sure. whether that's injury or whatever. And now we don't have a cup to to fill up some of those those matches where you you would think maybe they would get a chance. So, do, I mean, I guess do they just go down and play under twenty threes now, or do you think? that some of them will get a chance to, to actually impact the first team. Well, I'd like to think that Sims will, you know, get his chances. I mean, I'm surprised that he wasn't, I mean, I, mean, I think he's fit at the moment, isn't he? So I'm surprised that he didn't have a, at least a bench against um, Derby in the cup. That was a little bit surprising. And Gallagher as well. I mean, he hasn't. Well, really Gallagher's, ca- Gallagher's coming in now, isn't he? He's getting yeah. his, he's getting his um, chances off the bench. Yeah, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be difficult for them to find their way in. But I also think that, that Hassan Hoodle will, will bring them into first team training for sure. And then, you know, if, if they are showing something and, and one of the other guys, one of the senior guys is, is not, I, I think he'll actually get the chance. Whereas I think Hughes had made his selection in terms of who was going to play and, and that was it. And if you were seen as somebody who wasn't good enough, you just, you were never going to be good enough. And I think that's a, a, a really flawed philosophy because football players get better or, you know, go through bad runs of form and, and some of some of these kids are going to learn things from week to week, and maybe maybe it just takes them scoring a goal in training uh, or beating a player in training or whatever for them to to get some confidence and be ready to to go and and maybe deserve that shot. So I think I think the way that that Hassan Hoodle has managed the squad so far has been has been really really impressive. And whether that's just because the the guy managing the squad before didn't do such a good good job, or he is just really that great, uh, we'll wait and see. But I'm I'm leaning towards that he's just that great. But um, because I'm firmly yeah. on, I, I I bought a first class ticket on this train. I think so. Uh, Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, you can see that with with Ward Prowse, he's given him a chance. I mean, la- last season he was nowhere, and I always said he wasn't quick enough to play wing, and he wasn't strong enough to play in the middle. But mm-hmm. Hassan Hurt was given him. He's given him something else. He's a new player. Um, and he's 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 given him that confidence, and he's playing so well at the moment. I've never seen him play like this. And I think I think we can just jump into to, to yesterday's match and, and talk. You mentioned the goal earlier, but uh, it's even one of the things that I wrote down in my notes where that ball to midfield, I think Hoiberg doesn't even win the header, and, but but Ward-Prowse is is first to kind of the, the loose ball or the second ball, yeah. and he holds off a defender, and he just, that's something that we wouldn't have seen from him, I think, last season or even maybe earlier this season. Yeah, that's the desire to get to the ball. I think it was um Gay as well in the middle who's, who's no slouch he's a decent player he's nice and strong and he just yeah won the ball for them desire to get to the ball 
And, you know, he, he could have passed. He carried on and thought, you know what, I'm going to have a go here. And we all know he can strike a football. And yeah, brilliant goal. Um, Kevin, any, anything yesterday in yesterday's match that, that really kind of stood out to you, maybe aside from, from that James Ward-Prowse uh, goal or, or, or finish? Um, I mean, just James Ward-Prowse's whole performance um, on and off the ball, he just seemed to be in control right, right there. I mean, like Ray said, there were, there was doubts before about whether he could play a central role like that. But yeah, it's definitely proved himself there. But, but now I can see other standout player from, from yesterday's match. Um, just outstanding. Um, and you know that when we go 2-0 up, we're going to be a lot more nervous uh, watching the match than when we're 1-0 up. And I mean, yeah, towards the end of the match, we definitely... Um, yeah, it was what we call squeaky bum time, as Ferguson would say. But, um, but no, but no, but no, it was just there, you know, and not just um, uh, getting tackles in and, and clearing the balls away, but um, yeah, he's, he's managed to get managing to get balls um, through to midfield and and, um, and creating uh, plays as well. So yeah. I don't know. It's a, it's a tough. I mean, we always choose our man of the match, but it's going to be a tough one between um, Ward Prowse and Bednarik. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, Bednarik's just proving Mark Hughes wrong every every day, isn't he? I hope he's watching. I don't think he is. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I mean, looking looking at the team, I, I thought there was a a noticeable injection of of maybe enthusiasm or commitment, and I don't think it's anybody's fault that it wasn't there midweek i but i do think that that hoiberg definitely is bringing something to the team and uh i was you know he's been out for four matches you worry about about a little bit of rustiness or whatever and not quite having match fitness because i know that that's uh the playing a game is really the only way to get into that but uh the ball he put through for redmond um in the first half and when redmond went just wide i just thought like that you know we've kind of missed that and and hoiberg seemed to be just kind of everywhere um, along with Ward Prowse and Romeo in the midfield that I just, I was really impressed. And uh, I, I, I like Lamina, but I, 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 you wonder when he's fit, who, who's going to, how are you going to demote somebody? Or how are you going to take somebody out of the squad and say, Hey, you've been great, but this guy needs to, needs to come back in now. Well, I don't think you can um, put Lamina straight back in there now, because I mean, we know how important Hoiberg is. I mean, to, to Hassenhut as well, he's made him the captain while Bertrand's been out. So he's taken on that leadership role as well. Um, and don't forget, like Ward Prowse and Romeo had 120 minutes against Derby, oh. and I didn't know how fit they were going to be um, for uh, for the Everton game. But they, yeah, and another well, Redmond did as well. Yeah, oh yeah, but Redmond come on at half time, didn't he, in the um, Derby game? But so much energy um, throughout the um, throughout the midfield in particular. Yeah, and you you wonder, and depending on the system that we play, who's who's going to be the most tired? And I kind of think that you know most centre backs can basically play all the time, and they should be okay goalkeepers can basically play all the time and you think that in this system that we play where we press so much and so high that it's it's actually probably the guys in the front uh and the guys on the wings the wing backs that really are going to do the most running and but the guys in the midfield have to cover a lot of ground especially with the wing backs playing so wide so it's a lot to ask of, of the players and i think as long as you were getting results and as long as the fans are appreciating what they're seeing, even if we do kind of drop results and get knocked out of the cuff, I think as long as the fans are appreciating it and the players feel like that, I think that gives you a little bit more, uh, uh, you, maybe you're a little bit more willing to, to put in that effort. Whereas if we're not getting results, if we were losing game after game and, and the fans were booming and stuff, then I think you would see guys just kind of start to re- retreat a little bit and maybe just go one or 2% less or three, maybe 5% less. And I think that would be all the difference in terms of us turning the season around or not. Well, I mean, what do you think of 
Ings, do you think he's up to full fitness yet? In in terms of Ings, I I'm not sure. I'm not sure if he's if he's fully back or whatever. And he definitely is. I mean, there's no question he's the best he's the best forward, the best striker we have, right? Like there's nobody that's going to even challenge him for that spot. But I I, I am I am worried about his his fitness moving uh, all the way forward in terms of uh in terms of can he do it in this in this system because it's going to be uh it's going to be fairly difficult for him. But I don't know. What do you what do you what do you think, Kevin? Um, I mean, he he seems to really get involved. But, um, I don't know. Just, just just it was a little bit patchy, you know. Like you can see him um really running for about yeah fifteen twenty minutes, and then you wouldn't see much much of him. Like you had to be brought off for Shane Long towards the end of the second half. But um, yeah. I mean, he he did uh, put a few balls uh, through and uh, make a few decent runs, and um. Yeah, I think Redmond got on the end of um, an Ings ball for that freak goal that um, put us 2-0 up. So, I mean, he's definitely put in, put in um, a good effort, but I don't know, I'm not entirely sure whether he's, he's fully fit or not. I, I think it really depends, uh, with, with Ings in, in particular, I think it depends on whether they're playing one up front or two, or two up front. I think the Everton game, I think they were playing Redmond just behind him. I think... It, <sighs> When you when you look at Ings, he's not you don't really consider him to have a high you know a massive energy anyway, and if he's getting the service from like a, like a Redmond playing through the centre there, yeah I think it benefits him. And when you have got Charlie Austin as well, who, who we all know doesn't like you know to run around an awful lot, we've got Shane Long that can play there as well. So maybe Shane Long and Ings up front. I think you know I think I think it works better for us. My other question was going to be. Um, how is Stuart Armstrong going to get back into the side in that case? I think it depends on maybe the system that we wind up playing. You know, if we play the yeah. the the three four three, I think he he can he can play up there. But if we play with a, I don't know, if you play play with a look to be a three man midfield yesterday, I, I'm not sure that that he gets in there. And I think if we yeah. were to play a four two three one, I think he could play in the number ten role. Um, but I think even when he played on Wednesday night, where he I don't know. You had him. I think at one point you had him, Redmond, and Ellie Nusi plus Shane Long all in the field, and it wasn't. I don't know. It didn't. It didn't quite work as well as maybe we would have thought with all those attacking players. It would seem a little bit top heavy, and uh, but also like nobody was quite sure what was going on, and and maybe uh, maybe we. I don't know. I, I think that maybe needs some 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 help, but I think the you saw what 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 the the manager's choice was because Ellie Nusi wasn't even in the in the squad uh, yesterday. He didn't yeah. even make the bench, so. Um, I don't know. I, I thought that Armstrong has had been unlucky maybe to not get as much playing time early on under Hughes. And I think that, uh, I, I think, I think he is really, really a quality player. And, um, I don't know, maybe he brings some, some calmness, uh, to, to Redmond and gives him a little bit more, uh, assuredness maybe as, as uh, playing alongside him, I guess. It's a very, very good problem to have though. You've got all these players that instead of saying, Oh, you know, we can't play him. We can't play him. We were looking at it another way and saying, well, we've got all these decent players that are playing, all playing very well. How can we fit them in? It just makes a change for actually talking positive about all of them. Well, yeah, because it wasn't very long ago that we were all saying, hey, the squad's just full of average players. We need to upgrade, yeah. right? I mean, how exactly, long? Exactly, yeah. Is, is, we're talking six weeks ago, I think. Yeah. So yeah, uh, I'm, they've I'm all happy up- upgraded that. themselves. Yeah. 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 The, the, the Hassan Hoodle upgrade, I think, has, has worked. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, yesterday we, again, for in a match where we, we looked good and, and, and played well and, and managed to win, we 
didn't have very much possession. We basically gave Everton the ball and we allowed them to, to, to make mistakes basically. And then we allowed them, we, we pressed them into, into, you know, doing that stuff. So I, I mean, does that style of play, I mean, you look at the stats and you go, man, we didn't, ha- we didn't hardly even touch the ball, but I mean, does not matter? Uh, no, not when you're looking at the result in the um in the end. But I mean, it wasn't that bad. Was it? Was it like 45 percent possession we had? I don't know. I haven't. I haven't. 39. Oh, 39 was it? Okay. Yeah, I mean that that's more than we um had against Leicester or or Chelsea. So we did did see a lot more of the ball. But yeah, it's, it's clearly not our game to boss possession. And yeah, we just we do wait for them to slip up and uh, and yeah, go go for the juggle with that one. I mean, it's quite quite the opposite of uh, Claude Puel just two seasons ago, where we had we always seemed to, to to dominate the ball, but we didn't do anything with it. And I think you could see that with with Claude Puel's Leicester team, where they didn't quite have that. And and you would think, like watching how Ranieri did it when he was there, you know, you basically you give the other team the ball, and then you punish them as soon as they make a mistake. And I think for me. I think that's exciting because it always, it always, you never quite feel comfortable when we're defending because they, the other team has so many chances that, you know, eventually they're going to capitalize on one of them. But you also know that our chances are going to come quickly and they're going to be, you know, flashes. And, and so you're kind of always on the edge of your seat. And so just as a fan that just watching the game, I think now maybe. Southampton is even one of those of those teams where the neutral might actually tune in and watch, whereas is when we were playing under under Claude Puel and under uh, Poch, uh, sorry Pellegrino, that was never going to happen. No, I mean me and Kev have had arguments about um, Claude Puel before about his style of play. You you still really like him and you still think he's not getting a fair shake at Leicester, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I, even my I, line. Yeah, <laughs> I would much rather play, you know, with a, a better shape, midfield defensively, hold your position. You know, let's let let's make them make the mistake, and when they do, punish them. And I think, like you said, with Puel, there's just no there's just no creativity there in his play. And same and the same with Pellegrino. It was just boring to watch. So yeah, the way we are right now, I think there's going to be a lot of neutral fans that are going to want to watch us. Definitely. I mean, I, I'd rather um, we're in the situation that we are now than uh, we were under Puel. But um, yeah, I just don't think we really had to go through all of that with uh, Pellegrino and Hughes, which is basically an extension of the same thing. Um, in order to get here. And and I would have to agree with with you Kevin that I think Puel when when he's when he was in France I think people actually they they really appreciated the way he he coached and they appreciated his management they appreciated the style. He hasn't been warmly welcomed here or I say here but in in England and you know listening to the Total Saints podcast listening to Adam Leach talk everybody seems to think he is the nicest man around. And so, you know, for me I think that's great. Um, and, and I, I think there is something to the fact that he's, he's just not quite understood and he, he isn't probably getting a fair shake, but, um, seeing the Puel out, uh, hashtag still, still be a thing. And, uh, having Leicester fans tweet Southampton fans and say like, oh, we understand what you guys were talking about. And now all the journalists and everybody are talking about the same thing. Whereas like Lester, what do you really expect from him? Um, uh, look at where you are on the table, you know, all this stuff. And so just be happy, but uh, I don't know. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's a difficult thing, but. Um, luckily he's not our manager anymore, so probably not to talk about it. So, uh, <laughs> no, I, just yeah. I just don't think his style suits the Premier League. Yeah, simple. I mean, it, it, I think I think it can, but I mean, uh, not for Saints, and well, clearly not for Leicester now either. But um, yeah, maybe he'll find this club in the end. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, we spoke a little bit about Shane Long earlier. Uh, he was brought on for Ings yesterday. 
um, in the 74th minute-ish. And at that point, Everton were pushing. I don't think they had scored yet, um, but they were definitely pouring forward. And I think having Long on the counterattack and having Redmond up there to support him, um, I think that is a, a, a recipe for us to get a third goal at some point, even if Shane Long has to bounce it off a defender or uh, have Casper Smichael punch it into the goal for him or whatever the goalkeeper is. Um, I think that's uh, I think that's a, a, a decent kind of plan for late in the in the game. And so especially if we are if we do have a lead. Um, but I mean, yesterday, as, as time's winding down, I mean, how how nervous were you that the that the second goal was coming for Everton? Well, this this is my like negative of the game yesterday. Um, we still cannot see these games out. We, it's, it's far more nervy than it should have been. I think Hassan Hittel said at the end of the game that it, we could have had four or five goals and we could have done. Mm. I mean, um, Stevens had a header as well. It could have been 3 0 up. Mm-hmm. Um, if that goes in, I, I still think Saints sit back and they take on pressure. Um, and whenever there's an aerial ball that comes into the box, I just I almost hide because you know what's going to happen. I mean, we saw the Derby in, in midweek. You're 2-1 up, 82nd minute equaliser, unmarked, free header. It's just, why do they, why do they keep doing this? I mean, they, they, they should have been far more comfortable. Yeah, I mean, we, we should have been um, ahead at halftime as it was anyway. But yeah, as, as we got to 90 minutes, I just put pen to paper and wrote, I can see it in front of me here, best 90 minutes I've seen us play this season. Uh, and then just as I wrote that, um, yeah, Sigerson managed to, <laughs> to bang one in. The, one of the things that um, always happens is I, I put out the, the match reviews, uh, the mini match reviews based on usually the number of minutes of stoppage time. Yesterday, I didn't go for the full eight uh, because <laughs> <laughs> I went with the four. But I, you know, I, I had something written and my I play my match starts at nine o'clock. So like the second half of the game, I'm literally stretching in my living room like trying to get ready because basically i'm going to run out uh, of the house and get there just basically as and run onto the field and we're going to start playing like it's that but i i refuse to uh to miss the match um so sometimes i re- i pre-write those things and of course yesterday is one of those ones where it's all set out to go and everything and and then they score and then i have to go back and change it and it's like oh man <laughs> and then and then we have like all those the stoppage time minutes and i was like i don't have time to change it i just have to let it go like we're just going to go with four because that's what they put on the board and i was just like i was freaking out a little bit man because i was i thought for sure like they were just waiting for everton to score and then they were going to blow the whistle yeah it was horrible i mean you could see um <laughs> you could see hassan hurtle as well at the end he was just like oh his, his fists were clenched when that corner yeah. came in as well and pickford come up i was like no uh oh, he was livid yeah, I know. I can't do it. And I was the mirror image of him at home, just yeah. going like, "Come on, blow just them!" Pa- pacing <laughs> up and down. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it made for a it made for a nervy little ending, but it, that that's okay. But I, I think but there no, are. A lot I, of pos- I would rather have a nice three 0 win and Saints are comfortable. But you know, I don't think I've ever said Saints are comfortable in one sentence. I mean, even even those those couple of seasons where we finished n- near European places, we were never doing it comfortably. We were never points clear on the last day and just had to to just hang out and not do anything. It's it was always there was always some result that was that was making the difference. So it's a uh, yeah, it's one of those. Um, I think one of the negatives yesterday though is is the injury to Target. Uh, he came off with uh, what looks to be some sort of knee injury that he. I think he fouled somebody trying to break up a counterattack and it didn't work. Um, luckily, Richarlison, I think, botched the uh, the whole thing, so that's okay. Um, but, I mean, are, are we worried about that? Are you guys worried about that at all in terms of going forward? We still have Bertrand out. Uh, we have 
you know, uh, granted we have a lot of time between matches now, so maybe he's back, but and, and, any, any worry there for you? I think if you, if you listen to our show, you can see that I've been really critical of Matt Target. I think when, when me and Kev went, we, what, what game did we go to over Christmas? West Ham game, wasn't it? Mm. Um, I thought Target was awful in that game, and I don't think he's played well this season at all. But yesterday, I thought he looked good. For the short time that he had, he was up and down that left quite a lot, and he was causing some problems. And so, yeah, and in terms of like Bertrand not being back, it is a bit of a blow that we've got no one there. But then uh, you've got Ramsey that can play over there, I suppose. You've got um, Johnson who can play there. You've got um, Cedric played over there quite a bit. I think he'd done that um, in midweek against Derby as well. So, yeah, I think we have got people down. I'm not sure how serious the injury is yet. Right. I, I think my biggest fear with uh, some of the people that we have that are playing kind of uh, right left back or wing back or whatever is I, I don't trust them in a back four. I think in a back five or a back three with three center backs where they have a little bit more protection, I think that, that Valerie is fine. I think that target is fine. But I thought like even when you go back to to Cardiff, they were exposed when there was a back four. And, and so I worry about that a little bit. Um, I think target is, I, I think in a lot of ways, target is a lot like James Ward Prowse uh, of a, maybe a year or two ago where he's got a lot of qualities that are good, but he's just, he doesn't have the pace. He doesn't have the strength. He is missing some of those other things. Some of those physical attributes maybe that uh, we would like to see. Whereas Cedric um, is fast I wouldn't say he's super strong, but he's he's pretty fit and he can get up and down. Um, he, I guess, cannot cross the ball with his left foot um, because he keeps checking back onto his right. But um, you know, I, I don't know. I, it, I I I want to like Matt Target. Uh, I do like Matt Target, um, but I can see what you're saying in terms of of him kind of lacking a little bit this season. Yeah, and he's he's tried out uh, Target as uh, left back um, in a in a back four against Cardiff and against Derby as well, and it hasn't worked. And uh, he does have good performances. And I think yesterday was one of them. And he was linking up really well with Redmond. But, um, yeah, that, that, was, that was quite short. So I think that's a disappointment because I was really getting excited about what I saw. Yeah, it's a shame. I'm not, yeah, I'm not over the moon about him not being there. But I just don't think it's going to be, you know, a massive problem. As I say, we've got 10 days off now. So I don't know how bad his injury is. Mm. I mean, we may see. We may, have, uh, we may have Bertrand back by that time. And we so may have Bertrand back as yeah. well. So, yeah. No idea. And I think Bertrand Bertrand works in a flat back four, and he works in a as a wing back as well. So yeah, yeah. Um, all right. So we have some questions to get to. I think we should do that. One of the things that I do on the show is uh, now we have a Patreon account at Patreon.com/sfcdelivery, uh, um, and patrons get priority for having their questions answered. So we'll go through their questions first, and then you guys have some questions from. Facebook page. And I believe Kevin is on there as well. So we'll get to, to some of these, but um, coming from uh, the patrons who are now messaging me on the, on the app as we talk. So hold on. It's uh, it says with the absence of Yoshida, this is from Dave Lee. Uh, he says uh, your opinions and overall assessment of Stevens over the past four matches. So of course, Yoshida was playing in in the center of that back three. He's, he's away at the Asian game or the Asian cup. Um, you know what do you what have you made made of Stevens so far um, in in his absence? I'm a fan of Stevens. I like him. I've always been been a fan of him. I think um, he do, he does have those little lapses sometimes where he he can be a little bit sloppy. But I think when like when we're playing with the back five or the you know the back back three, I think he has got that freedom to go forward. And we do see Vestergaard and him go forward quite a lot with the ball. And when he does, I think they had an assist. Um, 
in the derby game, I want to say. Was it the midweek derby game? He put the assist through for um for the first goal. Um so yeah, he has got he has got some qualities. And I've always been a big fan of um of Jack Stevens and could have had a goal yesterday as well. Should have had a goal yesterday. Yeah, that header. So yeah, no, I I, I don't know I don't know in whose place uh is gonna come in. It's a tough one. Yeah, well, especially with with Bednarik playing the way he is, and and you know Vestergaard looks like he's settling in. Well, once again, it's one of the, it's a it's a decent problem to have because we were so worried yeah. about having these mediocre players, and and I think that all of them maybe do, you know, none of them are Van Dyke, right? And I know it's a it's a curse word, basically. Maybe I should beep that out, but like, um, it's uh, <laughs> they they have shown themselves to be a little bit more than what we were seeing before, and I and I really appreciate that and i do look at at the the goal that we conceded late on to darby and and look and and say you know that's that's saints of of last couple of seasons and in you know just the communication wasn't quite there but once again we were at a back four not a back three you switch games or switch systems in the middle of a match um and and we get beat so uh you know what, what what really can you do um there's another one here from a patron um, and it says, considering the lack of time left in the transfer window, do you think we will actually sign anybody? Uh, if so, do you have any idea? And if not, uh, do you think there will be any more outgoings? Um, I, I'm not into transfer rumors. I try and stay away from it. I think we could possibly get one, but what we need, I'm not quite sure. And I mean, I mean you're hearing um, rumors of Lookman as well. I'm not so sure that's going to happen. Um, as for players leaving, I mean, we still need to get rid of, of Hoot. Um, I don't know what's going on with Fraser Forster because there were rumours that he could be, you know, back in the fold. So, I mean, I'd like to see both of those out to make up, make up some, you know, some money for transfers coming in. Um, we've we've seen Gabbiadini go out and Davis go out. So, I mean, we're a bit lighter financially. So, I suppose there is the space there to to get someone in. But yeah, when we're here discussing uh, how uh, players that are coming back from injury are going to fit into the squad. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't see what exactly it is that we need. It's got to be a, a, a very special player for, for us to buy someone now. Yeah, it has, it's going to have to be like a world-class centre-back, but then the players that we've got are going to have to sit back, like you say. And with the midfielders that we've got playing the way they are, I don't want to see them taken out. Um, you could say, OK, well, let's just get cover because we know how injury-prone Austin and Ings are and Long is, you know, goal-shy. With Gabbiadini gone now, maybe we could get another striker in, but... Don't forget, we still have Carrillo. We could call him back. Mm-hmm. I think the the only one that I've seen in terms of rumours is um, Jean-Kevin Augustin. Yeah. Um, he's uh, playing for Leipzig. He looks like he could be the, the next Sadio Mane. But, um, oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> so he's going to go to Liverpool in a couple of years, yeah? Well, at least we can have a good time along the way. <laughs> yeah, I'd be, I'd, be, I'd be okay with that. But, uh, you know, like, like you said, I think... I think with the way this manager is using some of the youth players, and I still think the squad is quite bloated, especially when we talk about all those guys who are not there yet. Uh, I think we were likely to see more people leave than we are to bring anybody in. And I think maybe over the summer when you, you have some time and you can really evaluate and, and look at contracts and stuff like that, I think maybe then uh, we'll get a player or two. But um, I mean, we've been pretty quiet in terms of uh, the people we've been linked with and the club generally does a pretty good job of, um, of keeping it tight lipped, I guess. But, uh, I think the, the best source we have for that is, is listening to the, to the total saints podcast and, uh, and Adam, because he's got, I mean, he's, he's in there with, in the, in the, in the press conferences and stuff. And 
he hasn't said that that we're really linked with anybody. So I just kind of leave it at that. And everybody on the internet who's got, you know, who's newly found Saints number one news account has 16 followers. Um, you know, those are, those people are great and I appreciate the people doing that, but it's just, I, I refuse to get caught up in that just simply because I, I don't have time. Um, I can't, I, I can't pretend to know all that stuff and, and I don't want to. Yeah. I mean, you can dare to dream, but I mean, you, Hassan has got to leave his mark on the side at some point, um, be that in January or the summer. So we'll see. I'm happy in the summer. Yeah. I'm happy for it. I'm comfortable with the team that we've got right now. So, I think you guys had some questions from your Facebook page if you wanted to, to, to get some of those in here. Yeah, okay. I got a, got a um, question from Kevin McGee. He says, how far do you think Ralph Hasenhurst can get us? Um, you know, how are we thinking about Europe again? Uh, um, wow. <laughs> it's a bit early, I think, to be thinking about that. He's going to be trying to keep us up this season. I think I don't even see us challenging for Europe next season. Um, I think it's got to be part of a, a longer term plan but yeah i think he is the manager that can get us back into into those european places i just think we've got a long way to go i think it's easy to get carried away uh, when you've had back-to-back wins you know i i, I can't help but think if if hasn't hurt had started with us at the start of the season you know with a full summer of training you know who knows where we'd be in the league now and i think if we stay up i know you've got to take it one game at a time um we'll be roughly where we are right now i think and then next season you know we'll see I think the challenge, the real challenge will be trying to keep hold of him because, you know, if we do survive and then if we do get into Europe in the next couple of seasons, just think of the possibilities that, you know, lay before him personally. And then we, we have to go through the whole Pochettino and Koeman saga all over again. We just get these new managers in and they go and better themselves. And then we go and get Mark Hughes. Well, and, and I think he he's, was pretty open when he when he signed on that that was part of the deal you know he he hadn't gotten the big kind of job offer that he wanted um and and he was gonna do a good job here and show himself well and and then you know well that that's good for him in in terms of his career and so um i don't know i i i think if that happens i think he'll definitely be here next season um and uh, now that i've said that he'll be gone in the summer but i think he'll be here next season and i think as, as well as we do i think if we if we approach those european places people will look at that and say the, the style of football is good. It's it's entertaining to watch. Um, the results are there. It's time to to you know offer this guy a, a pretty big position. And so and I think at that point he he will probably take it. And I I won't really I don't think I'll have any ill will towards him at that point. But um, it, it it would be hard to see us getting into Europe. And next season, if we were to get there, I think there would need to be some additions to the squad because. I just look at what our our you know you think about early round uh, Europa League games and in in the squads that some of these guys put out like think about Arsenal and Chelsea the squads they put out when we do that when we look at our cup team you know I'm not sure they're good enough to to get through uh, a night yeah. whether you have to go to to Ukraine or not uh, I'm not sure they can they can do that uh, on a Thursday night and then turn around and, and do it again on a Sunday I'm not sure that our squad is strong enough to do that right now um, granted maybe after you know what is that. It's a, it's a few transfer windows away. Maybe we'll, we'd be ready for it, but I'm not sure we're there yet. No, I totally agree with that. I think we've got the budget for it, though. Um, yeah, but, but yeah, it depends on how much he wants to put into the club, doesn't it? And I'm guessing, I don't, I don't know. I mean, is it a case of in order to buy big, you need to sell a lot more? I guess so. I mean, we, we, we get those youth players that we've got coming through, I guess they're going to be going off to the... If they have a successful season with us, they'll be going off to the big clubs as well. So, I mean, we can continue doing our Saints model. 
That's fine. But yeah, I mean, you can't go into Europe um, without the squad depth. And we've seen how detrimental yeah. it's been to Burnley's season. Yeah, Burnley. Uh, Leicester. It's been an awful time. And um, Well, I think Leicester made a fairly good go of it. Oh, he did, yeah. But I mean, it, I mean, their, their, their league form has suffered. But I mean, they lost um, most of their best players in that season. Um, there's another question Kevin wrote. I'm not sure he meant to put that on the on the podcast feed, but uh, it's there. Um, do you remember that time you went to Legoland and it was pouring rain, and then the ride broke and it took your photos as you were walking back? <laughs> yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, that was great. We went, we went to Legoland and it was a it was a wet summer's day as it usually is in in England, and we went we went on this little dinosaur ride. We had we had our kids with us, and the ride breaks down. So we're like, oh, and the the people come in. We have to get up, and we're walking. We're walking through, uh, like all the um, the scenery, and you know, like those the fairground rides where it takes your picture. Mm-hmm. It it snapped us walking <laughs> on the track, <laughs> and uh, he we we got a picture of it because it was hilarious. But yeah, it was a, it was a good day. I'm glad he still remembers that. It's like traveling on the trains anywhere in Britain, basically. Just pic- pictures all <laughs> yeah. the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, or the break, or the break, or the breakdown. Which one? Which one? <laughs> yeah, just the breakdown and the misery. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, we were very fortunate while we were there that we didn't have anything like that. There was never. There was one time on the uh, on the tube when we were in London that that the, our 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 side didn't seem to be going anywhere, and I just told my wife like, "Jump out, just get out. We'll go to the other side. The other <laughs> side's going. Just go." And uh, we did, and it turned out to be a good a, a good decision. But other than that. Um, totally totally fine so I, we, we lucked out i've been on match day like on a train and the line's been flooded and you know it's, it's just three or four hours before the match and it's and it's yeah you're worried whether you're going to get there for kickoff or not yeah it's not fun and it's not like they reimburse you uh which is something i still don't quite oh understand. no of course not no it's not japan huh? <laughs> um all right so we have uh, a couple of questions from instagram as well um, Chris underscore graphics asked, is JWP ahead of Armstrong now? We kind of talked about that already. Um, Mad Docs Imagery, I think is that. Uh, it says, where's Gao? And the, the answer is, I don't think any of us know. Um, so we can't really do anything. And then uh, Brian McGreevy says, uh, when Yoshida comes back, do you think he will get in the starting lineup? And if so, for who? We kind of spoke about that a little bit. Um, the other only one we have is uh, from uh, EWIN. T-E-R tattoos. He says, Ralph was at the Q&A with the fans recently. Uh, mentioned Buffalo and Carrillo returning in the summer. Your thoughts? My, I have a question. Um, Ralph decided to go uh, turtleneck uh, underneath the, the sport coat or the blazer. Um, everybody else was in a tie. I don't know how you feel about that. I'm not a, I don't live in a turtleneck area. We're not big turtleneck people uh, in, on the central coast of California, but I don't know how you, what you thought about the fashion sense there. I love it. more of a San Francisco thing, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, um, no problem with it. It was fine. Yeah, no, you can wear what he wants. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, do you, do we do we see Buffalo maybe having a chance to to come back? And do you think Carrillo comes back and and plays a part in this, or do you think they do you think they would even fit in the system? Actually, you know, what? it was one of the questions that I had for you, Matt, was about Buffalo. Like, does he have a role under under Ralph Hasenhurtle? I guess it really de- depends on him. I know. I, I promised that I would like keep in touch with what he's doing, but I haven't. I haven't looked at where he is. Um, it depends. It depends on him. I just think if he's, um, we all know that Hassan likes to a worker, and if he's going to be lazy about it, then of course no, I don't think he's going to. He's got a chance of getting in this team. But 
it's up to him. I mean, I still think he's got. I still think he's a quality player. Just don't think it suited him um, where he was. He's got the talent, clearly. I mean, we sort yeah. of saw that that wonder goal. But um, yeah, I'd, I'd love love it if Hassan Hootel was the manager to to get the best out of him and to actually make him work hard and turn him into the player that he, that he can be. Yeah, I guess for his price tag, I really, really want him to succeed. I want him to come back, and it would be so great for Hassan Hill if he could get find that you know that magic touch to to get him playing and scoring. Yeah, I think for me, there is there's so much of it that goes on, so so much of of what happens with a player. I think is when you start thinking about language barriers and all of these other things that. I don't know. I think things get lost in translation. I think, you know, you start to pick up on, on body cues. And, and I, I think we, I think about Mesut Ozil a lot in terms of, of how he's perceived by a lot of people. And, and just, I think when I think of Buffal, I think the same thing, he doesn't seem to always give that, that, that 100% effort. And I think that we pick up on that. And then, you know, the, the, maybe the limited communication between him and the coach or him and the manager, maybe that kind of sealed his fate. And, and I think maybe you saw that with Hughes doing doing it with quite a, quite a few people. You, you we we just lost track of of certain players and Benarak being one of them, JWP for to a certain extent. And so to see, you know, it, it seems like all of them were given a fresh chance when they when when Hassan Hudel came back. Um, and I think that just the act of sitting down and talking with each and all the players, I think really really uh, gave him a better sense of what that player was about and what the player could bring and and what his ex- what the the manager's expectations were. So. I think that at the very least he'll be he'll be given a chance, and it may just be it's best if you move on, and and so so be it. And thanks for you know, thanks for whatever it was, and and the couple of wonder goals and and all that stuff, and and then we're done. But um, I don't know. I think that I think that's where I I stand on that. Um, I just I think if Carrillo comes back and runs a lot, then then I think Ralph will have him, and same thing with Bavall. Yeah, I, I can't say anything more. Than that. Um, yeah. <laughs> There's, yeah, there's not much to be said about about Carrillo, really. I mean, I just don't think he was he wasn't really just good enough. But again, it's another player that I haven't seen in Spain. I don't know what he's doing. He might be, you know, lighting the league up. Well, I know, oh, do you know what he's been up to, Matt? I know that Buffal hasn't done all that much. Um, has he? Has he been playing a lot though? Is it? Is it kind of like? Odds, you know, he comes on for ten minutes here and there, not given the chance, or is he starting games? I'm not even sure. I think he's only got a goal and an assist, or two goals and an assist, or the other way around, or something like that. Yeah. Um, in terms of, uh, I mean, uh, in terms of Carrillo, his uh, his his stats for this season, in terms of his Wikipedia, have not even been updated. So I think that tells you all you need <laughs> to know. Um, we'll just leave it. We'll just leave it there. <laughs> yeah. Um, wow. But. I think that the Hassan Hoodle is, is willing to give kind of everybody a chance and at least bring them in. And I think, I think that's a credit to him. And I think that if a player just chose, chose not to be the right person, I think that at least we know that they were given a shot. And so I think that that's good enough for me, but um, yeah. yeah, I mean, do you guys have anything else that you'd like to to add to before we kind of wrap this up? Um, yeah. Um, what, God forbid if Nathan Redden gets injured and he's out for the rest of the season, how bad is that going to be for our for our survival? I think that'd be huge, you know. Um, because we don't have these players to come off the bench and be game changers. I mean, he seems to be the only one, and we saw that against Derby. If he goes down, you know, what have we got? Well, I think, I mean, man, that's that that is a. I don't want to even think about that, really, because I think <laughs> he's he's been so good this year and so important. And I think 
you can just look to last year where we didn't have him in this form and, and the difference that we, that we see now, you know? And so, you know, obviously I think you, you, Armstrong would be in there uh, week in, week out probably. Uh, but you probably have to have either Ellie Nussi or Johnson or somebody else or Sims maybe uh, coming in and doing that. And, and I, I just don't think that any of them right now are, are playing with as much confidence as, as Redmond is. And so, yeah, I think we would definitely be missing a, a game changing type player. And I think Redmond's only going to get better. Um, and, and I, I, I hope so. I hope he comes back to LA in the middle of the summer again to, to continue that work. Cause, uh, I will not be so shy as to drive the three hours to try to spy on him and, uh, do a little, uh, what was that Bielsa? Is that what, is that what it was? Uh, yes, Bielsa, yeah. <laughs> I'll yell questions at him from just on the other side of the freeway and, uh, try to, try to get a recording. So we'll see. <laughs> yeah. Let us know. <laughs> I'll, I'll let you know from jail. I'll have to send it out in the, the 15 second clips, but I'll need you to put it up for me. Um, Did you have another question, Ryan? Oh yeah, sorry. Just I just wanted to talk about um, just very quickly. Um, Elianusi, do we give up on him? Uh, I don't. I don't think. I don't think so. I don't think. I don't think yet. Uh, not yet. I think he's. Yeah. I, I was really surprised, even in the Derby game, where he was running down the sideline at one point with the ball. He played a really poor ball into the middle of the field after. And I was surprised that he didn't have enough uh, pace to get away from the guy. And I was really disappointed with his decision-making. But I also think that he is, he's being pushed now probably more than he's ever been pushed to get in the team. And in the, the pace of play and all of his other things, I think, are, are, uh, are going to be troublesome for him. And he's playing, I think, on the opposite side of the field than he plays for, for Norway. And I think, that's, I think he played on the other side of the field as well um, in, in previous seasons. So... Um, the people that watched him play in, uh, in Basel. Basel. Sorry. Thank you. Um, I think they were all really impressed with him and they thought he was going to, he was going to fit in nicely. And so I still, for that reason, um, I think it's Adam is the guy who's the, the host of, of the previous saints podcast before any of us ever got started. Uh, he's now a Basel season ticket holder. Uh, and he watched him play and he thought he was great. So I think because of that, and because I think he knows the, uh, the the English game as well. I think I would I would I would give him a a, a little bit more uh, a little bit more rope. Okay. Um. Okay. I've got one uh, kind of fanboy question as a, a fan <laughs> of the podcast. Um. Yeah, I love this podcast and I love the intro. Um. But where you've got the commentaries running and uh, Alexander Gilagin, who's the commentator, he says, "Badacha Austin Sotiki Zabio." What match was that from? It's been bugging me for so long. I'll be honest. I have no idea. Um, <laughs> I found it. I found it. And I was looking for, I'll, I'll be honest. This is where it comes from is, a, is a, the guy who does the Ars cast has a, a Spanish commentator uh, talking about Nacho Monreal. And it's just, it's the best <laughs> thing I've ever heard in my life. Um, and I was looking uh-huh. for something and I happened to come across the Russian I think it's Russian, right? Uh, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I think he's. I think it's when he's scoring a penalty. I think, um, but I cannot remember what it was. But I have to assume it was one of maybe. I mean, did he score a penalty in maybe one of the Europa League matches? I can't even. It I, wasn't a penalty because it says it says like yeah, passes to Austin who actually scores. Um, oh wow, that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> see, but yeah, no, he's the commentator. That he. he he gets on my nerves because uh, yeah, you'll see something interesting happening on the pitch, and he'll be just um, just talking about um, just some nonsense about yeah. 
oh, they're, they're singing uh, when the Saints go marching in and the, the England national team fans sing that when they're like, hang on, no, they don't. <laughs> and yeah, they've already scored three goals and he's still banging on about that. But um, yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. I'm, I, can't, I can't help you out with, with where it came from. But yeah, I was definitely purposely looking for something in, a, in another language that I think at least sounded exciting. Um, and, and honestly, there's a, a couple of people who listen to the podcast that have asked me, just, can you just get rid of, the, of that one? Like, they don't like that one. Um, oh, I, I love that. <laughs> and I don't know if it's because it's Austin and they want somebody else in there or whatever it is, but it's, uh, I, 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 I'm unwilling to, to, to quantify the time it took to put that whole thing together. Um, it, but it's part of the reason that I don't want to change it. <laughs> no, fair enough. Fair enough. And he commentates so on like, yeah, all the Premier League. It's awesome. Um, but I mean, I, I really appreciate you guys coming on the show and I, I really appreciate you guys starting up the podcast and, and keeping it going. And, uh, uh, thank you for the kind words that you had about, about this show. And I, I appreciate that very much. And I, I think I, I, I know part of the work that goes into it in, in terms of the, the sacrifices of time and, and, uh, you know, family time and all the other stuff that goes into to making the show. And so, so thank you guys for doing that. And then also being willing to come on here and, and talk and give up more time for that. So, uh, thanks. And I, I hope you guys continue to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Thank, uh, thank you so much for letting us on as well. I mean, we, we, I mean, me and Kev have spoken about before. We'd love to have you on in that number as well at some point. Um, yeah, absolutely. That'd be great. Um, yeah, I, mean, we, I see the effort that you put in each and every week. And, you know, you're on your own as well. And you, you find the time. You've got to deal with the time zone. And you still keep, like, high-quality episodes. I mean, you've had, like, over 105 now. Is that right? Yeah, so we 106. Um, 106, yeah. And, yeah, you're a heck of a nice guy as well. So, yeah. It's, and we've got a, a little surprise for you uh, just, just to say thanks. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah oh actually yeah um well yeah it wouldn't be uh in that number without our in that number fan chance and uh since we're coming on the show we thought i'd we'd dedicate one of our branded fan chants to, to you matthew markstein oh that's ridiculous so. <laughs> but bearing in mind we haven't actually had much time to um rehearse this <laughs> <laughs> we've rehearsed this a few times um yeah, so if, if it doesn't go um, particularly well with the, the delay and the lag and everything, um, we can always record it uh, again. I'm sure you'll um, love it. <laughs> and send it to you. But yeah, we hope you enjoy it. Absolutely. All right, you ready, Ray? Okay, why not? Markstone. Matthew Markstone. He's a stateside fan of SFC from South California. He's the host of the delivery. Listen to the podcast every week, not just about soccer. He will speak when you're with Matt Markstone. You'll have a come on, you Reds time. Burn up the Saints time. You'll know that we'll march on. Guys, that's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> I was expecting like a, you know, like a one-liner uh, chant. That was that was awesome, guys. Thank you. Yeah, Kev's yeah. going to take all the credit for that because he wrote. I'm that. not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they always get out of hand. <laughs> oh, that's uh, guys. That's that's sweet. Yeah, I mean, I that's I just can't, I can't believe that. It, that's great. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we no, we love the podcast. Like, yeah, it's just, it's a really sweet podcast, and uh, yeah, <laughs> I hope you enjoyed it. Yeah, I did. I did. Thank you very much. That's that makes me feel really good. And uh, going to delete that. It's not going to make the final cut, don't you? Now it's going to be the new intro, oh, yeah. man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you like and move the size. <laughs>
but uh yeah uh, but but thank you i appreciate that and uh like i said i appreciate you guys coming on and i'm looking forward to i'd love to be a guest on the show you know whenever whenever you guys have uh, are, are are interested now it was difficult to yeah. say for a second um <laughs> yeah absolutely whenever you like well um we'll get you on all right, all right. yeah it's been a lot of fun and i look forward to repeating it yeah for sure for sure and you guys uh, have to go record another one so hopefully it uh it goes well and um the funny thing is you guys will release yours before I release mine. And even though the, the recording hours are switched, so hopefully it, uh, it'll, it'll all be okay. And then before, before you go, um, just tell everybody once again, where they can find you on where they can find both your social media accounts and also, uh, where they can get the podcast. Okay. So you can find us on Twitter at number podcast. You can find me at Ray hunt 84 and Kevin is at Moscow mush. You can also email us on in that number podcast at gmail.com. If you've got any questions for our show, then yeah, please do so. We'll, um, we'll read them out. And obviously, you know, go on our Twitter and find our um, fantasy football league pin and join our league. You know, we read out the winners every single week. So yeah, get involved. Yeah. I enjoy getting our ass kicked. Yeah. <laughs> I am. There you go. I'm terrible at that. It's, it's, it's been worse and worse uh, the more I try. So uh, we'll put all the links to that stuff in, in the show notes and we'll put links to the podcast in there as well. And, uh, yeah, I'll have to go look at the, uh, the fantasy football league. I don't, this is the difference between, uh, uh, football fantasy podcast. And then like a lot of the other stuff in America is you can only join like one league. And then if you're in another league, you have to manage another team. Whereas now I can, I'm in, I, I think like 10 or so, so leagues. And so huh. it's just one team. And I, that, that's so much nicer than uh, a lot of the other stuff. And, uh, I figure as long as I don't come in last, I think people will give me a little bit of credit. So I'm, I'm just trying to sit, trying to sit mid table right now. Yeah. That's me. <laughs> That's what I try and do. Yeah, my season's gone totally downhill. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least at least Saints are playing better, so that's 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 all right. Um, but once again, thanks, guys, and uh, we'll do this again. Absolutely, yeah. thank you very much. Thank you once again. Thank you. And that does it for this episode of the Southampton Delivery Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope that you've enjoyed it. Special thanks this week goes out to Ray and Kevin from the In That Number podcast. If you have not followed them already, be sure to do so. They are at Numbers Podcast and Ray is at RayHunt84 and Kevin is at Moscow Mush. Ray is also on Instagram, although it's not Saints related, uh, but the link is in the show notes if you are interested. If you're interested in getting a hold of them at all, you can send them an email at InThatNumberPodcast at gmail.com. Uh, they are a, a wonderful couple of guys. We talked for well over two hours about just podcasting and, and fandom and all that other stuff. And I, I really enjoyed all of it. So uh, if you're not already supporting them and by, by listening or following along, uh, please, please do do that. Um, you can also follow this show uh, on Twitter at SFC D E L L underscore I V E R Y. Uh, it's the same on Instagram. And we're also on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash SFC delivery. There is no underscore in the Facebook address. If you haven't done so already, be sure to subscribe both to this show and to the In That Number podcast uh, to make sure you do not miss future episodes. As I mentioned at the top of the show, we will have another episode next week with a member of the Southampton Women's Football Club. I am really looking forward to that. We'll also have a preview podcast up for patrons uh, ahead of the Crystal Palace match. So uh, that, again, is exciting. I'm staying busy. Um, Apparently, I don't know how to take time off, but that's okay with me. if you're at all interested in the Patreon site to, to get that extra podcast, you can go over to patreon.com slash SFC delivery. Uh, in addition to getting the 
the extra podcast episode. You also get access to a private chat, which is often where uh, I ask and we talk about the game, we talk about matches, we talk about lineups, we talk about all that stuff. Um, people ask random questions and that's fine. But we also get priority for answering your questions on the show uh, as, as one of the benefits. So you can head all over there and check that out. And there is a new website, uh, southamptondelivery.com. Uh, head over there and check it out. It's under construction at the moment, but hopefully uh, we move along in uh, shortly and it gets a little bit, uh, get you a little bit more info just in case. Um, Patrons listeners really help move this podcast along. The show has two special partners, Matt Beeling of the We Are Southampton page and now of the Southampton Football Club proper uh, do the logo for the show. Matt is a great guy. If you already don't support his, his artwork, you should do that. We are Southampton on Instagram uh, in the Southampton page is the official partner page of the show. They are growing on Twitter. If you're not already following them on Twitter, please do so. They have about 20,000 plus followers on Instagram. So you should head over there, stay up to date with the news on the team. Uh, Jamie and the rest of the guys do a great job. They were on both last week and the week before. Fantastic. I cannot recommend their work enough. Um, like I said, we'll be back next week with another episode of the show. Uh, and I appreciate you listening as always. If you're enjoying the show, be sure to subscribe, leave a review. It always helps. Uh, but until then, remember that together, we march on. Also, just wanted to clear something up. Uh, we talked about Sofian Buffal and Guido Carrigio uh, during our question and answer se- section, and we didn't really uh, have the stats in front of us. And for some reason, I didn't bother to look them up while we were talking, which is probably not great hosting. But I can tell you, uh, Buffal has only scored two goals and had one assist this season. Neither of those have come uh, since October, so early October. Uh, so not great from him. And he's getting plenty of minutes, it looks like, uh, but he's just not getting the goals or the assists, playing mostly on the left. Um, and Guido Carrillo, uh also not getting it done. He was not in the squad this week against Barcelona for the most recent match. Um, but he does have five goals. None of those have come since December. Uh, so not the best for him either. So uh, those are the guys we have out on loan. We had a question about it. We just didn't answer it very well. So they're going to drop it here at the end if you hung on for that. Um, but yes. So thanks again. We'll talk to you soon.